you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B. and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. We intend to take your calls in the last segment of the show. Get your take on the topic of conversation. Um, let me um, ask Will the Great to yes. make just, I guess, we have maybe one or two announcements before we get into the content for today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as always, you can email us at addisons at AFR.net. Addisons at AFR.net. Also, if you would just go to the marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, the website, you can see about our upcoming uh, date night that's happening in September, September 20th in Jackson, Tennessee. Get all the details there. Go to marriagefamilylife.net uh, and on, right on the front page, you can click there for more information. Also, we have a by design challenge that's going on right now. It's the covenant challenge. And to find out more about that and how you can be a part of that, you can go to afa.net slash by design. It's right at the top of the page. And so check that out. Uh, just a, a, a challenge that we're putting forth. Uh, we're going to be doing these challenges every month. And just something to stimulate your marriage and to, you know, celebrate marriages. So go to AFA.net slash by design. Very good. Okay, so here's the topic of conversation. Let not your heart nor your children's heart be troubled. Mm. Let not your heart nor your children's heart be troubled. Something that I'm concerned about. Well, before I get into that, let mm -hmm. me just kind of set up this way in case we have people who um, this may be your first time listening to the program. Maybe, you know, you've not um, spent a considerable amount of time with us. We're the Addisons. We're married. We have six kids that we educate at home. Yes. We uh, consider ourselves to be called to the front lines and talking mm -hmm. about what's going on <laughs> in the culture from a biblical perspective. Uh, we believe that to live as a Christian genuinely means to live a biblical worldview, Amen. which means that where the Bible is prescriptive, uh, we do it. Mm. What the Bible says, we believe and we trust. That's right. We believe that God is real and not a lucky rabbit's foot. <laughs> yes. And the reason I'm saying that is because I'm observing something and not only in our own children, but I'm also observing something just in kind of, um, I guess you would call this more anecdote, uh, but just casual conversation that I wanted to bring to our larger audience. Because one of the things that we try to do is we try to look at what's going on in the world and then filter that through a biblical lens, asking the questions, how do Christians live? How, how do we live in light of the scriptures? And one of the things that I'm discovering is not only are Christians walking around pretty fearful, mm. um, but our children are. Because our children are listening to the conversations that we're having about what's going on, yeah. not only in the United States, but yeah. around the world. Yeah. And they're afraid. They have questions. Mm -hmm. And so this is the this is the stepping up moment for the parent, right, mm. where you have been installed to protect your child, to train your child in godliness and righteousness. 
And so this becomes an opportunity for you to do that, but you've got to be dialed in to be able to catch when this is happening. Yeah. Because the consequences, um, the result of ignoring this Mm -hmm. is really dire for the kid. It's dire for their relationship with the Lord. It has a huge impact on the way they process the Lord and his faithfulness and what he might be doing in any given situation. Yeah. And so you don't just let your kid overhear you. Now, look, man, I'm I'm not trying to come off the top ropes here. You know, (laughs) I'm not. um, But it may sound that way. So forgive me if it does sound that way. As a parent and as a grandparent, you should not subject yourself nor your children to incessant noise decrying the state of, of like our country yeah. and the world. Yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> incessant, like meaning nonstop. This is what you're feasting on, mm-hmm. you know, a, a diet of fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And some sometimes you'll have a side of rage with it. Mm. You know what I mean? Just a little, you'll add a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just for flavor, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> when you consume this on a regular basis and you, you are not bringing these things to God, I'm mm-hmm. not saying that understanding what's going on, Uh, can't serve its purpose because it should fuel your prayers. Right. But for many of us, if we're honest, I mean, right, like Mm -hmm. it's not fueling our prayers. Right. Like this is not something that we're using to then take to the Lord. Right. We're just using it to bring to the next person who will listen and and just kind of like, man, I can't believe. I just don't know where we're going. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? And so so it's not producing any kind of spiritual effect on you. Well, it is a spiritual effect, not a positive one. Right. Okay. So, but let me, let me, let me just get right into it here. So, so I, I was looking at, and, and as, as many of us do, I get all of these news alerts, mm-hmm. right? It's a part of what we do. So I try to pay attention to what's going on, looking at what some of the headlines are for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, then also just kind of doing like the roundup, you know, what did I miss during the week? You get those things and all that. So I was thinking about what we talked to our kids about, um, the Addison children, what we talked to them about on Saturday, mm-hmm. because I observed in them a little bit of concern, Mm -hmm. right? Because what you don't realize is that your kids, especially the ones who can read (laughs) your kids, they're reading things and they're hearing information talked about all the time that if you're not careful, they're going to internalize that information and they're not going to know what to do with it. So just as we're hearing, they are hearing the Delta variant, Mm -hmm. the Delta variant, masks or no masks, vaccinated or unvaccinated. They're, Mm -hmm. they're hearing, um, could this signal lockdowns? They're hearing, you know, suffering and persecution. They're hearing all of these things, right? You're hearing these things. They're hearing these things. And one of the things that we recognized is that in our children, there's great concern over the information that they're hearing. Mm-hmm. So we felt the need to recalibrate them. And so today what we want to do is offer to you um, sort of like a template for how you might recalibrate your children and your grandchildren, because what we found was that after this conversation, they were in a much different place, Mm. a much different place. People who know God must be reminded of who he is and what he has done in times past for his people. Amen. When you forget that, all right, we've already gone over the warnings. When you forget that, right, you go after other gods. Yeah. Now for a lot of people in America, Going after other gods is not going to be like Asherah poles. It's not, it's not going to be that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the God of self. It's, it's going to be the God of shot. Hmm. 
this is this this is gonna save us. Yeah. This is this is coming to our aid, guys. I I know this is it might be toe step in time. I'm just telling you. No, but that's good because that's what be, what happens is we put our trust in things outside of God. Yes. You know. Yes. And a point to to what you were saying earlier is that yes, we see the news and we we have all this information, and the thing is that we have to create around us like some silence. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of voices. Yeah, that's right. So some voices have to be shut off so that we can hear properly what God is saying for us to do. Yes. And a lot of, I think the anxiety is that we have so many voices. We're not hearing God Mm -hmm. and and hearing what his word is and what what he's speaking to our hearts. So therefore we're going by the headlines. Yes. In the news articles and all this stuff. And we haven't slowed down to say, okay, I need to turn some voices off. Mm-hmm. God, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. And and that's that will cause anxiety if that if that's not happening. Absolutely, man. And and here, so here's the thing. So if imagine that you um you just consumed, and so what I did was I picked a topic, COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID. Okay. Um, what are some of the top headlines today? Now, just imagine that you read these headlines in a vacuum that this is all you're consuming, this is all mm-hmm. the information, and think about what the effects of consuming these headlines might be. And by the way, let me just say, I did try to scroll down a little bit because I was hoping to get to, like, the hope. Because mm. <laughs> I, I was hoping to get to the hope right. so that I could say, oh, wait, and then hear this right. nugget, this jewel. Right. But it just it just went on you and on <laughs> about doom and destruction right. and that there's nothing that you can do. You right. will never go back to your normal life. Right. You understand? Right. You will never have any type of autonomy again. You will always be controlled by government agencies. You will always be told <laughs> what to put on your face and what you shouldn't put. You will always. This is, and I'm, I'm just, I'm summarizing. <laughs> but here are some yeah. of the headlines, right? And I thought this was really interesting. And again, now this, this you know, it's, it's it's bad before it gets better but just because we're going to go to the word of god okay so so here we go um first headline pfizer's vaccine is fda approved here's why that's important and that was from vox Mm -hmm. okay so the pfizer vaccine is fda approved uh here's another one to couple with that um from cnn Biden to encourage Americans who have been waiting for full FDA approval to get their COVID vaccination. Mm -hmm. That's from CNN. Okay, Mm -hmm. here we go. Why the coronavirus is still evolving and what variants like Delta mean for the next phase of the pandemic (laughs) from an outlet called stat. Mm -hmm. Why isn't natural infection enough to protect against COVID? That's an article from USA today. Mm. Why is the Delta variant spreading so fast? Oh, no, I don't know. That's from CNN. What is the CDC's latest guidance on masking us? Mm. That's from NPR. Yeah. All right. How does Delta affect kids? That's from the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. So many people in this Texas town got COVID-19 that the city essentially shut down. That's from CNN. Mm. Now, here's what some people are going to hear as I just ran through those headlines. They're going to hear me say something that I'm not saying. This is a real virus that Mm -hmm. we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. The effects of this virus vary on people's lives. Yeah. There are some people for whom 
it has the severest effect. Yeah. And I guess the worst possible outcome, that being death. We knew them personally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what you're not going to get me or hear me saying at all is that, oh, this is this is made up. This isn't real. Look, truth be told, let me let me tell you. And because and, I, I remember being on the air and I remember thinking, man, we were sick. We had something, you know, and we look back on it. And, and then I started talking to people after the fact about more of my symptoms. And I had people say, um, that sounds like COVID to me. And I'm like, no, nah, it's not COVID because it didn't I didn't feel the way that some of the other people felt like I didn't. I mean, we weren't I was able to. I No, I mean, we were all wait a minute. Then I still had this muscle pain that would not go away. And then long after the fact, couldn't taste anything, couldn't smell anything. And then I had one friend, I guess I was in COVID denial. I don't know. This one friend say to me, when have you ever had any kind of illness where long after it was over, you couldn't smell or taste? And I thought, man, you know, so true. But you know what my expectation was? My expectation was that I would probably have to be rushed to a hospital somewhere having trouble breathing, right? Because when you read the news headlines, and when you listen to everything that's going on, you think the worst possible outcome is what will befall you. Mm-hmm. I'm just being 100%. You think that even while saying, okay, I trust the Lord and, mm. and you're trying to lean on the Lord. But this is, this is the reality. So, so what do we need? We need to be recalibrated. Yeah. So I am not saying, and, and I, I will ignore any email that accuses me of such, that COVID isn't real. But what I am telling you is that in times past, when the people of God have faced real situations, real problems, they have turned to him. Amen. They have cried out to him. Now, one of the things that really saddens me that's going on in our country right now among professing believers is that whether we admit it or not, we have made other things the source of our deliverance. Mm -hmm. Or... We're still looking to see what other thing might come that will be the source of our deliverance. For some people, they say it's not the shot. It's not the shot. But there's got to be something that's coming. There's got to be a resetting government. If we can just get those people out again, but not turning to the Lord, not crying out to the Lord. Mm. Whatever it is, you name it. Anything that you exalt above the Lord as your source, that is what you are serving. For a lot of people, it's their own human effort. It's their own ability to get things done. For other people, it's medicine. That's my savior. That's my source. What I am saying to Christians is return to the Lord as your source. Teach your children to do the same. We'll take a closer look at this when we get back. Aaron the Addison, stay right there. on the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's C. Micah. Faithful. Grateful for J-Mac and Sherry V on tap. We'll open the phone lines, get your take uh, on today's topic. We're encouraging you to let not your heart nor your children's heart be troubled. Mm-hmm. Um, not to give in to the fear tactics that are being used today. Um, and they are being used. Make no mistake about that. Um, but one of the ways that we stand against some of these fear tactics is 
is that we recalibrate. So we mm-hmm. recalibrate and we recalibrate our children and our grandchildren. I want to encourage you in some very practical ways today. And I want to talk about the characteristics of people who know God. And I'm thinking about like what I read in scripture and what I understand. And, and, and I'm not talking about, um, you know, looking at the scriptures in the wake of higher criticism in America, where the Bible was put um, through this, it's not meant to be taken literally filter. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's, that's what we endured in the church. You know, is the Bible, the word of God was the question. Um, the only right answer can be a resounding. Yes. You got to keep this in front of your kids though. If you expect them to know and to believe and to understand, you can't just give them these moderate doses of truth and then expect that it's going to um, be adequate in their response to the onslaught of the culture. They've got to be immersed in it. This was always the intent. This was always the understanding that as you're living, that you're making much of God. So first I want to do, I want to talk about the characteristics of people who know God. And and I want you to, you know, identify these in your own life and then see if you identify these in the lives of your children and then talk about how we might impart this to our kids so that they are not living fearfully in the world so that they're not caught up in all of the headlines and all of the information, because believe it or not, they are paying attention to what's going on. In Mm. fact, I was looking at some articles. um, There were at least three articles that I was skimming as I was looking for the data. My question was, have they done any research yet on the effects of COVID-19 um, emotionally and psychologically speaking on children. And they have, mm. and they have found, and it's still developing. What they have found is that it's very similar right now to what they saw in the wake of nine 11. I mentioned mm. this even before having the data, right? It just mm-hmm. makes, I mean, I'm not brilliant. I'm not, I'm not brilliant. Right. It's just, it just makes sense right. that if you subject children to this type of mental warfare, this type of trauma that COVID is under every rock, that they that they are walking around and that they they could be look yeah that they could be guilty of murdering someone yeah to children to children guys and they're saying that the effects of this is very similar to post 9/11 and post hurricane katrina hmm. the psychological and the emotional damage that kids are facing so we can't ignore it and pretend like well I know how to deal with it and I'm I'm kind of barely making it no we've got to be proactive and making sure that we recalibrate our children, that we have our kids focus on the Lord God who saves them, who redeems them. Okay. The very best he gives up front. Everything else, as we say in Louisiana is Lanya. <laughs> he, he saved you. Mm. Right. So can you imagine serving the Lord God who saves your soul? And then it's like, mm, you know, I don't know. I don't know. All the other stuff. I don't know. They're saved. Right. Come on, he loves you. He loves your children. We have to remember this. So the characteristics of people who know God. Number one, they fear him. Amen. They fear him. So, so let's, let's think about this. So um, you don't even realize this, but when you heard me say that, you were like, well, now, come on, Miki, make sure that you, you know, let them know that it's not a fear like to be afraid <laughs> or like to tremble. It's a fear like a respect. Uh, no, it's a fear like to tremble. <laughs> if you go to the Old Testament and you read the passages where we are told to fear the Lord, the Hebrew word is yare. It means dread, tremble. And you're like, well, how can I love a God that I fear? How did you love your parents and you were afraid of them? Because you understood that your parents loved you, but they also had the authority to bring punishment right. when you got out of line. You That's weren't right. conflicted over that. Come on. And guess what? You also knew when there was abuse there. Mm. 
Guys, they're making us soft. They're making us soft in culture. You knew, and you know why? Because God put in you to know what is the right display of love and discipline and Mm. what crosses the line. So therefore, when he tells us that we should fear him, there is, I hate to use this word (laughs) with regard to the Lord. (laughs) There is safety in the Lord knowing that we know what that means. Mm. Because you have a right fear of your parents who have authority over you at the same time you know they love you. You're not going to play around with them. But we've gone soft. This is in the wake of higher criticism where the Bible is put under a microscope. It's like, eh, does it really mean that? No, it's not a fear like, ah, oh, shaking and trembling. It's a fear like just respect. <laughs> yeah, it better involve respect. Yeah. And if you're unclear about what it means, let's, let's also consider that Jesus is like, don't fear those who can just kill your body. Come on. What's the context of that? <laughs> don't just respect those who can kill your body. No, it's don't fear. Don't just fear those or don't fear those who can kill your body. Fear the Lord God who has the authority to kill both the body and throw the soul into hell. Ah, that is fear invoking. <laughs> and it is meant to gather from us exactly what it should gather from us, that the Lord is worthy that we should fear him. Now, if you wrestle with that, And you think it should mean something lighter than what it means. You take that up with the Lord God. But I will tell you that it's probably because you have been subjected to people who listen to other people who listen to other people. And somewhere down the line, what they told you was that it doesn't really mean fear the Lord. Right. That's why you have a lot of loosey goosey people in the church today. Yeah. Full of sin, full of rebellion. No fear for God. None. There's no fear of God in their eyes. And that teaching has been commonplace like that. has been Something that has been spouted off multiple times you know referring to the the lord that the fear is only in the terms of, of respect yare yare <laughs> it means dread whoa fear mm-hmm. I, I you know it's like i i hate you know you tell your kids don't use the word to define the word but fear means fear there it means fear it does also mean all mm-hmm. it does also mean marvel and wonder right but it also means dread It means fear. It's the same fear that we have of a parent when we know we have done something they told us not to do and they found out. Yeah. All right. (laughs) People who know God, they fear him. They trust him. Mm. They trust him. And why? Because God has left his track record to show us that he is trustworthy. Mm. Do you understand that we serve the one true and living God, right? And do you also understand that this God has gone to great lengths to not only show you what he does when the odds are stacked against him, but he stacks the odds against himself so Mm -hmm. that he can show you what he does. (laughs) Guys, why am I telling you this? Because you need to tell your children. Amen. You need to remind your children about this. Yeah. As you go along the way, as you're headed out to the grocery store, you need to say, hey, are you familiar with the story of Gideon and the Midianites? Have you heard about this from history? And you need to frame it in that way. Let me tell you why. Because many of your kids have been indoctrinated to believe that the stories in the Bible are fables, that they're fairy tales. So you need to say, you need to ask them, are you familiar with the history of a man named Gideon and how God delivered an army into his hand? Oh, you're not? Let me tell you about this story. So it's found in the biblical account in Judges, where you have a man who starts out with an army of 23,000 men. And God says to him, your army is too big for me to deliver you out of the hand of the Midianites, which, by the way, it wasn't just the Midianites. It was also the Amalekites and the people of the east. 
probably, roughly, maybe 100,000 people plus. The Bible describes that when they encamped against Israel, that their camels were like locusts. Their camels were like locusts. And here's Gideon, a coward. And Gideon is going to go up and battle against them. The Lord has already told him to do it. He's got 23,000 men. And the Lord says, it's too many. It's too many. Because you might think that you did this. Even with the 20, you're already outnumbered, but you might think you did this. So here's what the Lord says. You're talking to your kid about this. You're talking to your grandkid about this. Right? So, so be as emphatic about this as you know to be. Because we are talking about what God wants you to know about himself. So here's what God says to Gideon. Hey, gather all of the men together and uh, tell them that whoever is afraid can leave. <laughs> Gideon is left with 10,000. <laughs> He's left with 10,000. Can you imagine the others like, whoa, okay, well, I'm afraid. I'm out. And then the Lord says to Gideon, mm, you still got too many. You still got too many. I tell you what to do. Take them down to the water and let them drink. And I'm going to tell you the ones that you're going to take with you into battle. And so you have a group of men who get on their knees to drink the water. You have a group of men who bring the water up to their face in their hands. And the Lord says, those are them. Those are them. The ones that bring the water up to their face, those are the ones that you're going to go into battle against the Midianites and the Amalekites and the men of the East. This is, these are the ones right here. And that number is 300 people. At this point, your kids, if they're like our kids, this is what we talk to our kids about on Saturday. Reading the account to them and talking through the account with them. Mm -hmm. So that they might behold their God and understand that God stacks the odds against himself so that he can glorify himself. Look, when God wants us to worship him, he wants us to have the right and accurate picture of who he is. Yeah. So he wants you to behold him. He wants you to know him. It is our job as Christian parents to teach our kids to behold their God. So at this point, your kids' eyes should be saucers. They're like, it should be, wait, 300 people? Against this innumerable, like, people, like, gathering against Israel? Like, come on, really? Yes. And then the Lord doesn't stop there. He causes two men to be up around midnight <laughs> among the Midianites. And these men are talking. Want to know what they're talking about? Before I tell you what they're talking about, let me tell you what God did. God said to Gideon, hey, if you're still afraid, because remember, Gideon's a coward. If you're still afraid, go down to the outskirts of the Midianite camp and I am going to show you something that's going to encourage your heart. Which, by the way, it is okay for us to have concern mm -hmm. and to have fear when there are things that are pressing in on us. This is not sinful. But to take that concern and that fear anywhere else is. It says God is not. When in fact we know God is. So here's what God does with Gideon. God sends Gideon down to the Midianite camp. He's there around midnight, and there's one man up who's telling a dream to one of his comrades. All right? He's telling this dream. He's like, I had a dream. A barley loaf rolled into our camp and struck one of the tents, and the tent collapsed. And the comrade goes, that's none other than Gideon, the son of Joash. We're, God's going to give us into his hands. <laughs> what is God doing? God is striking fear into the heart of the Midianites preemptively so that when, when Gideon shows up, they're already like quaking. Gideon and his servant are there and they hear this and they go back to the other fighting men. And Gideon is like, all right, looks like we got it. 
here's what you're going to do. And they go down to descend upon Midian. And they've got these um, cutting edge, um, like <laughs> state of the art weaponry that they uh, show up with. It's really cool. Uh, one is a, a trumpet <laughs> and then a torch and like a pot, um, a jar. It's all cutting edge. It's like you don't want this to fall into the hands of the wrong people. Mass <laughs> casualties. And Gideon says, hey, do what I do. When you, when you see me do what I'm about to do, you do what I do, okay? When, when I rush in and I say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, you guys do the same thing. And we all here, most of us know how the story ends. Many of us, our kids will not. But at this point, they should be on the edge of their seats. They should be beside themselves with an excitement that says, how in the world does the Lord deliver an army this massive to 300 men? Well, this is God doing what he is famous for shout out mm. to Taron Wells. Thank you, brother. <laughs> so these men come in, they smash their pots. They've got their torches. They blow the trumpet. They say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And remember the dream has already spread through the camp, presumably because they all get crazy and start friendly firing if it were, but they turn their swords on one another. So the Midianite army defeats itself. Mm. Why am I telling you all of this? Because I'm trying to give you, a workable plan to rescue your kids from this age. We are tasked with not forgetting the Lord, our God, but we have forgotten him in every way that we behave. We don't trust him. We don't fear him. And number three, the characteristics of people who know God, they obey him. We don't do what he says. Mm. We're so quick to want to go our own way and to want to do our own thing. And then expect that the Lord will just bless that. Like just, you know, to, let me, let me say something else too. Um, number four is they look to him. They look to him. God, we don't know, but our eyes are on you. They look to him. People who know God look to him. Why? Because to look to anyone else or anything else would be illogical. If God is the greatest looking to anything else would be stupid. Right. I mean, I'm sorry to be so elementary, right. but right. Like, think about it. Yeah. If God is the greatest, if you say your God is the greatest, think of any song to insert here. <laughs> And then, but you look to someone or something else, then that's stupid. Now, I want to tell you something. God gives us wisdom and he allows for us to learn things that we can implement along the way. But these things were never meant to replace him. Remember that Gideon and his army of 300 did go in with their trumpet, their torch in their pots, right? They did go in with those things, but those things are not what delivered them. Come on. So, so our family, we have supplements that we've been taking for well over a year. I'm telling you this because this is a real conversation that we had with our kids over the weekend. And this is what we told them. Those supplements don't protect you. The Lord, your God protects you. Mm -hmm. Those supplements, it's a trumpet. It's a pot. <laughs> it's a torch. That's not what protects you guys. I'm, this is real life. This Amen. is how you live life for the glory of God. This is living for the glory of God. It's not a popular message. I understand that. It's not sensational. I understand that. For, but for the people who fear God and who love him, what else do we have? Come on. He's left the record of himself in the earth so that we would not feel foolish in worshiping him. He proves himself to be worthy of worship, worthy of trust. We'll pick up with the rest when we get back. Aaron Lee Addison's American Family Radio. 
Incredible. 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 Let's get it. Let's get it. AJ, I keep trying to tell him. He's so incredible. That's just who we be. That's just who we be. That's just who we be. Let's go in, Jay. Welcome back. That is a classic Addison favorite. Um, Ernie Addison on American Family Radio. Thank you for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Jay with Incredible. Cherry B and J Mac on tap as well, helping us navigate the show. Uh, Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Mm. When I am afraid. When mm. I am afraid, guys, listen, it is, it is not, we have to understand the difference between being able to say, man, you know, I, I feel, I feel afraid of, uh, concerning this. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I'm concerned. I, I don't yeah. feel at rest, but, but I'm going to fold those things. I'm going to press those things into the Lord. Yeah. I'm going to take that to the Lord. We don't do that. You know, we, we, there's one or two categories that we go ahead. Will. no, I'm saying we, I was just going to say, and we should, it's just, it brings me back to the scripture. You know, in Philippians that I've been talking to you about, about yes. our anxieties, we bring that to God, you know, uh, with, with prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know, and Amen. and the, the, the cool thing, the peace of God that pass all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds. We need that so much right now that our hearts and our minds will be guarded against the anxiety that will try to, you know, encroach upon it. You know, Amen. but if we don't pray, if we don't give it over to God, if we just try to keep it and take it and say, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just deal with it. We do ourselves a disservice, you know, and we and, and then we we lack being effective for him because right. we're paralyzed almost by the fears of what what could happen and all of this. Mm-hmm. And this is a prime time that we can go to God and say, Lord, like you're saying, this is how I feel. This is what I'm thinking, what I'm dealing with. Lord, I don't want to. But I'm, I, I feel this way, so God, can you help me? Mm-hmm. Put that garrison around my heart and around mm-hmm. my mind, you know? Amen. And we have to do that. Man, it's so good. You know, and I think when, when we are incapacitated, like you think about it as parents and grandparents, if we lose our ability to do this, then there's no way we can help our kids do this. Yeah. There's yeah. no way that we can communicate this peace that surpasses all understanding. That's right. You know, there's no way that we can communicate this and even challenge or encourage our kids. It's in discipleship. This way. We're discipling exactly right. our kids on how to deal with tough situations. So if we're doing like like they are doing, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe they they've been given over to anxiety because of hearing wh- how we talk. Yes. You know, we we're supposed to disciple them. Yes, these things are happening. Like there's no thing of like, no, this is this does not exist. This is right, not happening. Real. This is real. Yes. But this is how we deal with it we go to yes. god in prayer and he gives us the peace that we need as we walk through it through this amen yeah. amen he he re um reaffirms right in prayer mm-hmm. um his trustworthiness mm-hmm. that he is that he is committed to us right and this yeah. is not a oh i guess i'll help you this is god loves us <laughs> right, right right this is his joy to come to our aid because remember god wanted us to know who he is yeah. that we might rightly worship him yeah yeah. That we might rightly put our trust in him, our faith Amen. and our hope in him. And I'm going to tell you guys, look, we've done a horrible job of ensuring that our kids have the right um, understanding of who God is. We have told them um, 
we have told them accounts from scripture, but we have painted these accounts as fables. Mm. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that we have not done deep dives into these stories so that we could make our kids understand how and understand why and what God was doing. For example, we talked about this yesterday with our young people at church. When you talk about the Lord splitting the Red Sea, Mm -hmm. two walls of water, and you've got people coming out of Egypt, walking between the walls of water, and then the walls of water close up, and the Egyptians who had been pursuing them drown in the water that closes up over them. Now, our kids hear that, and guess what, guys? They really want to believe They really want to believe, but they have some questions. They're just like, I don't, I don't know. It just seems a little bit, look, (laughs) even if it seems a little bit, there's some aspects of it that God gives us some, some detail, some better detail so that when we explain this to our children, we can see the miracle that the Lord was performing. Mm -hmm. So for example, and again, I'm talking, let not your heart nor the hearts of your children be troubled. Yeah. Remind them to behold their God, to meet him, to see him in scripture and know who he is and know that he is worthy of trust. He is worthy that they should take their concerns to him. He is worthy that they should pray and cry out when they are afraid. Cry out to the Lord. Trust the Lord. He's left his track record for you Mm -hmm. so that you would know that he's dependable. What does God do with the children of Israel who are coming out of Egypt? There's over 600,000 of them plus the children. (laughs) These men and women and children are coming out of Egypt. And then all of a sudden, Pharaoh's like, you know what? Nope, change my mind. Go get them. So his army starts to pursue them on chariots. Now, guys, go back and read this for yourself. I guarantee you've missed this detail. Because really, sometimes I think, when we even think of this, we maybe see Charlton Heston. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but please understand the Bible gives us some different details, some alternative facts, if you will, um, concerning this story. The angel of the Lord, the Bible says, and this is a theophany. This is the appearing of Christ before he is incarnate. The Bible says the angel of the Lord comes and is a cloud behind the children of Israel And what happens is there is nighttime created for the Egyptians. Guys, listen, (laughs) remember, God wants us to worship him. He shows that he is fully creator and all that he has created is subjected to him. This is the God that we worship. So there is night for the Egyptians so that all technically night long, (laughs) the Israelites are passing through the Red Sea. This is a huge number of people. You've got to explain to your children that it is going to take some time unless the Lord physically picks them all up and then just like, you know, which he could have done, but he didn't do that. They walked through. Why? That they might ever remember that their feet Mm. were on the ground of Mm. the sea. (laughs) They saw the walls of water up alongside. Can you imagine this? Guys, this is how I tell it to our kids. I'm telling (laughs) So their feet walked on the ground. And what did God do? God kept dark night for the Egyptians until all of the Israelites were passing through the sea. The Lord himself did it. And then he shifted. And then it was all of a sudden day for the Egyptians. Now people say, ah, I don't know. And then I said, well, do you believe the creation account? Well, yeah, I mean, in the beginning he met. Well, then if the one who made all of this, is it not subject to him? Come on. 
Does he not control it? And we challenge our kids. We say, think about the other instances in scripture where God shows mm-hmm. you that he is God. He's Lord over what he's mm-hmm. made. He is not created. He has created all things. Guys, we've got to keep this in front of our children. They are being inundated with things that rival their allegiance to Christ. But God has left his record in the earth, proving without a doubt that he is worthy to be worshipped. You've got to keep this in front of your kids and in front of your grandkids. Let's start getting some calls queued up. 888-589-8840-888-589-8840. Let not your heart nor the heart of your children be troubled. Yeah. Don't let your kids be afraid. Don't just watch them. And oh, I don't know what to do because the reality is we're here. The reality is you are here. The reality is that the children of Israel were really right there at the sea. In fact, they Come were on. like, oh, you, so you brought us. We, at least we would have had graves like you brought us out here to just die like this. Come on. They were really there. The problems that they were facing were clear and present. And, it, and, and believe in the word of God, looking through history. Man, it happened over and over and over, over again that God again. delivered his people out of what seemed to be. You know, a danger that was going to be their destruction totally. Come on, come on, and in, come on, and in various ways. Yes, you know, yes. in various ways. And man, it, it was all giving glory to God, like He did it in such a way where no man could take credit. You know, come on, <laughs> it, it's amazing. And that's if we believe the Word of God, that's our history, and that Amen. is what we need to put in front of our children and ourselves, so Amen. that we can be encouraged. Amen. This 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 God whom we serve is able to bring worldwide destruction Hmm. with the flood and then also gave us a picture of localized destruction. Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. I want to destroy this area. Everything else around it. It's okay. But this area I'm destroying. Yeah. Guys, I, I invite you to behold your God in scripture. I invite you to share the knowledge of God with your children Mm -hmm. and do not relegate this to Sunday or Wednesday or Tuesday or Thursday, whenever it is that you gather at your local assembly, let this be how you live life with your children. Let this be what you talk about over grilled cheeses (laughs) so that they will know that you have a living hope, a real faith that's not relegated to a Sunday morning. Amen. Will the great, where do we go first? All right. Let's see here. Let's go to, Let's go to Nellie in Arkansas. Hi, Nellie. Hi. Um, I had a comment about Gideon. Mm-hmm. Um, when I read about Gideon, it says that everyone was in their homes hiding from the enemy. But Gideon was the one who had gone out of hiding, and he had gone out to actually thresh the wheat, mm-hmm. to take food back. I don't know whether just to his family or just at the town, but he had actually gone out and had been brave enough to go out there and actually thresh the wheat in the face of the enemy. And then God comes to him and says, he's a mighty man of valor. And when I hear people say that he was a coward, then I say, well, does God not tell the truth? Mm, I mean, if yes. God, if God says he, he, that he, he said, you are a mighty man of valor. And Gideon saying, who, just little me? I mean, what did I do? I mean, he, he, wasn't, he was not a coward. He was a mighty man of valor. 
So that's a great point, Nellie. So let me point out some other detail from which I make that statement. Yes, he was out threshing the grain, but he was threshing it in the wine in press, the wine press. Yeah. which is not the place where you want to be threshing grain. You, you really don't <laughs> want any dampness or anything getting to that. That's number one. Number two, when the Lord tells him to go tear down the idols in his father's home, which was sort of like a meeting place for everyone because they all were aware of it. He's like, I, I got to go at night. I can't do it during the day when anybody can see me. Like I can't. So I, I'm going to have to go at night. I'm going to do it. But I just, I really don't want to face the repercussions of that. Right. So he goes at night and he tears it down. And then sure enough, the townspeople all come and they're looking for him. Additionally, when the Lord visits him on the night that he's to go up against the Midianites, the Lord is like, if you're still afraid, if you're still afraid, Go down to the Midianite camp and I'm going to show you something that is going to encourage you. Now, I can understand, Nellie, I appreciate and totally respect you not liking me calling him a coward. Let me let me say this instead. Uh, he was fearful. He was fearful. Now, mm -hmm. this is not a contradiction of the Lord seeing what he would do. I say seeing, knowing what he would use him to do. But here's the mistake that we make that the Lord calling him a mighty man of valor was a description of Gideon without the Lord's empowerment. Mm. The Lord's empowerment makes him a mighty man of valor. It is not Gideon himself. What Gideon said about himself was right. His tribe's the least and he's the least in his tribe. God calling him a mighty man of valor is what he would be under God's power and God's leading. So on his own, the glory does not go to Gideon. And this is by God's design that God himself would be glorified. It takes nothing away from what God says about Gideon to acknowledge who Gideon actually was. In fact, it shows something great that God does in a submitted life. Mm -hmm. um, I could say more about Gideon. But in the interest of time and calls, I won't. Nellie, I hope that that's helpful. I'll tell you what, though. I love you enough that I won't say coward again in referring to him. I can just say he was fearful because we don't have to we don't have to fall out over that. Where do we <laughs> go next? Will the great. All right. Let's go to John in North Carolina. Hi, John. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Great. I appreciate you guys and um, the way you're discipling your kids and to hear about it on, you know, on the radio is such an encouragement. And so that's why I wanted to call in. I wanted to ask about in his image, my wife and I watched that last night and we would like to discuss it with our children. We have ages uh, 11 to down to three. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my question was, you know, I know you've got some young kids and you know, how young is too young and then, and then kind of what level, you know, of, you know, how deep do you go in sharing? Um, because we, we want to broach the topic, uh, with them. And, you know, I just figured I could call in and ask you guys about this because, um, yeah, I know you've seen the movie and you're familiar yes. and whether or not I could use that as a resource as well. Man, that's a great question, John. Let me say this. Um, so if you've got 11 down to three, our big three, the youngest of the three, big three, 11. Um, is 11. Mm -hmm. And here's what I, I like to tell parents. This is a practice that we have in our own life with our children. We make sure that our children are thoroughly saturated with the knowledge of God's design and his order for the family, his design for human sexuality before we introduce to them anything that is contrary to it, even as a form of apologetics. We don't start out by telling them the contradictions. We don't start out by telling them the lies or the attacks on truth. We start out purely truth. So for years, all our kids got 
was truth, truth, truth. This is this is the truth. And then as they got older and we understand that they were able or understood that they were able to have more, we introduced more. I'm going to share more on this, John, so be listening for that. Uh, Aaron the Addison, until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.